This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. So the 17th of June, it's a date for the diary. Premier League football due to return in less than three weeks. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along to the Blood Red podcast as we get ready to discuss the resumption of Premier League football and just where, crucially, and when Liverpool could well be crowned champions of England for the first time in over 30 years. Joining me to do that are Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst, Matt Addison and Connor Dunn along with us as well. Connor, good to see you back on the uh, back on the pod, mate. Good to be back, Guy. I'm very excited to be here and share my thoughts with a mate, no doubt plethora of excited Liverpool fans. Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty joining us on YouTube and no better man to have with us for the exciting news that Premier League football is to return in less than three weeks. As I say, for those joining us live on YouTube, do continue to uh, comment in the comments section. We will read out as many of those as we can. This incidentally, our 100th episode on the Blood Red channel of the Blood Red podcast. So uh, thanks for joining us, Matt and Gorsty. Great to have you guys along as well. How are you both keeping? Not bad, not bad. Um, hair's getting closer and closer to Paul Weller regions as we go on, but uh, other than that, I can't find too many too many things to grumble about at the moment. Yeah, not so bad either, thanks, Guy. Yeah, Desperately in need of a haircut, but apart from that, enjoying the, the nice sunny weather we've got here in Liverpool at the minute. Yeah, tell me about it. I need a haircut as well. But actually, all, all joking aside, I do need to make sure to put the sun cream on. But uh, regardless of all of that, let's get into why we're all here to talk about Premier League football. As I say, right at the top there, Gorsty, 17th of June, Liverpool not going to be in one of those games. We're expecting Man City versus Arsenal to be the first game of Premier League football when it does return. But still crucially, that is a date that many Liverpool fans will have in the diary. Yeah, just just kind of... A, re- a return to normality, isn't it? slowly but surely. I think it was uh, welcomed as, as great news yesterday when, when it came out that the 17th of June is going to be the date to Liverpool. Obviously, a few days later against Everton in the uh, the Merseyside derby, the 236th Merseyside derby, and, and one for the ages, one that will be played without a single fan in attendance. And it's um, a bit of a surreal prospect, the fact that Liverpool can actually win the title at Goodison Park, the first one in 30 years, without a fan in attendance and the fact that that's even uh, a remote possibility at this stage just kind of sums up the the, the world that we're living at the moment but um, you know small steps forward great news yesterday and uh, we are slowly but surely getting back to normality so I think everyone will welcome the return of football I think there'll be um, thousands of, of fans uh, signing up to Sky and, and BT Sports over the next few weeks as the unable to be there to witness uh, what will be history but uh, you know that's that's the times we're living in and um, I think Liverpool they can't do anything about the situation all they can do now is control the results once they're back on the pitch in front of no fans and the challenge is there now to just go and win that title and get it wrapped up and done and dusted yeah and it's been so long Matt since we've had any football what is it, nine, ten weeks since Liverpool's game with Atletico Madrid? We've been speaking on many of these podcasts. You yourself have, have been on with myself and Paul talking about when is the right time to phase Premier League football back in. But it does feel as though we're ready almost. The, the training's been going on. The, we, we wanted a date for so long and now, of course, we do have one. Yeah, it's so difficult, isn't it, to balance when that right time is. But yeah, as far as we can tell, this is the the right decision. Obviously, 
it's only going to be in retrospect that we'll find out whether that is the case or not. Obviously, we've seen you know players talking about how much time they might need to prepare in terms of training, and, and I know you've spoken with uh, with former Liverpool physios and, and things like that. So there's so many different bits to balance. But I just think you know, as Gorsty said, it, it's going to be a huge thing for for football fans to have matches back. By the sounds of it, all of the games are, are going to be on TV. It's going to be sort of scheduled at, at I think twelve two, four, six and eight across weekends so you can watch back-to-back football in it. It's just going to be almost like a football festival, almost like a, a World Cup really for, for the summer. So it's it's something massively to look forward to. I mean, personally speaking, I, I'm not a huge supporter of, of the England national team or, or anything like that. But, you know, you, you always enjoy a World Cup or a European Championships because it's just wall-to-wall football. And, you know, after, as you say, nine, ten weeks without it, I think... The sooner we get that back on our, our screens, the better. I'm sure lots of Liverpool fans have been enjoying the Bundesliga and sort of watching a different league that maybe they haven't watched before too much. But look, the, the Premier League is is even more exciting. And the fact that Liverpool are going to be back on our screens and potentially winning the league, maybe in their first game back, maybe in the second game back, but, but certainly at some point just adds to the excitement as well, of course. And as Matt touches on there, Connor, the Bundesliga have obviously been back for a couple of rounds. I think they've got three game rounds actually already under their belt since they've returned. And I suppose that does add to the excitement because we were all waiting to see what behind closed doors football was going to be like. We know the national team, for example, have played a couple of games in recent memory behind closed doors and they were quite weird. But when everyone's doing it quite easily, it sort of becomes a new normal, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the Bundesliga's return has given everyone a bit of a blueprint as to how football might look. I think even in those first round of Bundesliga games, I'm sure many people watched that it did feel a bit weird. It felt a bit like a training game. The intensity might not have quite been there. But the latest round of fixtures, the quality of football, that Borussia Dortmund Munich game the other night was sensational. The RB Leipzig game, there was a sending off, there was tackles flying in. I think the players are getting more used to it as well. And I think, you know, the likely Liverpool will probably learn from that and realise they have to start with that intensity and beat teams to the punch, essentially. And I think they can start just where they left off. But, yeah, it's certainly, um, it's certainly something we're going to have to get used to in the Premier League. But I think watching it in the Bundesliga, it, you quickly, it quickly becomes a new norm, as you say. And, and Gorsi, I suppose the whole behind-closed-doors thing, whilst the chats were going on with the Premier League, it seemed, I think it was probably only two or three weeks ago now, that we've, we felt as though these meetings weren't really getting anywhere. There was the issue of neutral venues and everything, and it's a point we're, we're going to get onto, which being that Liverpool, of course, now might actually be the primary club who are actually affected by this notion of some games still having to be played on neutral venues. Yeah, it's all a bit of a mess at the moment, if I'm honest. I think the Premier League have been awful with the communications, I have to be honest. I mean, they haven't even officially said that the Premier League is going to resume on June the 17th. You know, we obviously know that to be fact, but um, it's never been officially communicated from the Premier League, and I think that uh, is really poor. I think they haven't kind of covered themselves in glory um, throughout these discussions. They've obviously been ongoing for quite a few weeks and we've been waiting on tenter hooks for the latest pretty much every other Friday and most of the time you know statements haven't even been cut forthcoming and um, I really do feel like uh, that could have been a lot better but yeah I mean we've had the, the statements haven't we from um, from Mark Roberts who's the uh, basically the head of the, of the police in the South Yorkshire police the, the police force who um, <clears throat> essentially you know um, send out the police forces to, to every single Premier League game and they're suggesting that um, <clears throat> Liverpool games 
particularly the, the Merseyside derby and any game that they can clinch the Premier League title in which, you know, could be any one of a number of games will be played at a neutral venue as opposed to Goodison Park or Anfield. And um, I think it's a bit of a slap in the face, if I'm honest, to football supporters. I think it's assuming the behaviour of, of people um, just because they are football fans. I mean, we had a uh, farcical situation in Warrington, I think it was, quite recently when people were doing Congress for VA Day, VA Day and suddenly football supporters are the ones who can't be trusted to congregate to a venue that's going to be closed off where they're not going to be able to see anything. So why would they do that as opposed to staying at home, putting their feet up and watching it on the telly? Um, but that is kind of the way football fans are sadly sometimes viewed in this country. Yeah, it does feel it's somewhat of a, a victimisation on football fans. Well, We'll get on to this at-risk or high-risk games that Mark Roberts has outlined that the police are basically informing the Premier League that they would prefer these games to be played on neutral venues. We'll get into that in a bit more detail shortly. But before we do that, let's just chat about the Merseyside derby because that, of course, will be Liverpool's first game back. A lot of speculation that that could actually be on the 19th of June, though, of course, nothing has been confirmed as yet, Matt. But... Obviously, there have been Merseyside derbies on neutral grounds in the past. They've been things like cup finals and cup semi-finals, never behind closed doors. It seems such a bizarre idea that A, the game's behind closed doors at Goodison and we all understand why, but then why is the need to, to move it out of the city? No, it, it is such a, a strange decision, as you say. It was always going to be a strange fixture because there'll be no fans. And to be honest, I, I think the fact that there are no fans in the stadium will play into Liverpool's hands. I think we've seen a little bit in the Bundesliga that maybe home advantage is, is taken away a little bit with without supporters being there. And you know, I think obviously Everton over the years have, have had much more success against Liverpool when they've been at home rather than away. But I think a big part of that you know, potentially is the crowd. So those are the matches where that impact is going to be felt. But yeah, look, where do you even begin with the the neutral stadiums thing? I mean, I've seen talk of maybe Liverpool playing Everton at the Etihad Stadium um, as if, you know, I mean, first of all, as if Liverpool fans would congregate outside the ground. I don't think that is the case. But, you know, moving it 25, 30 miles isn't going to stop them, even if you thought that was going to be the case. So, but however you, you sort of undress it and however you, you look at it, it doesn't seem to be, uh, first of all, a very good idea. But then the solution to this idea isn't very watertight either because, you know, if football fans are going to congregate outside Anfield, well, what's to stop them travelling up the motorway and, and going to, to Manchester? So look, it, it, the more you talk about it, the more you think about it, it, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No, that does seem to be one of the, the real sort of cruxes of, of this argument, Connor. that no matter where you play this game, Liverpool are such a huge club, such a well-supported club within this country and worldwide, actually, that if you do move the game, whether it be somewhere else in the northwest or even somewhere else in the country, there will be Liverpool fans in that region. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely bananas to just say Liverpool fans only come from Liverpool and Liverpool fans don't have access to transport or you look at the beaches over the bank holiday weekend and this weekend as well. It's crazy and it just is literally ring-fencing football fans into the same pen and saying you're all going to behave in the same way and police need to take control before even giving them the slightest bit of a chance. And that is a great point that Gorsi makes that why would you stand outside a stadium where you can't see what's going on you can't hear what's going on. You don't know if anyone's scored because there's not going to be screens outside. 
people are going to want to stay home. People are going to want to watch the game. People are going to want to watch Liverpool celebrations. Want to see Liverpool players on the pitch, Klopp and Henderson and everybody celebrating that they've won the title, not stood outside the stadium, possibly wondering what if. Because you know, when thousands of people gather in a place that <laughs> signal goes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it's not even, not even likely to get phone signal up there and stuff like that. So it's just it's just crazy, a crazy neutral venue issue. And it's not even the case, Gorsty, that if you leave a ground early, anybody who, who does that, there's, there's arguments and podcasts to be done on, on people who leave grounds early. That's that's not what we're focusing on today. But those who do leave early or if you nip down to the concourse early at half time, and you hear that roar, you hear the crowd when you're outside, back inside, you know something's happened, you rush to get back in. That's not even going to be the case. So if there is this notion that fans are going to congregate for some unknown reason. As Connor was saying there, they're not actually even, though, going to be able to audibly hear or understand what is going on the other side. Exactly. What are you going to, what are you going to get? A, a, a polite applause that you'd, you'd hear, you know, a, a charity tennis game or something? It's just, it just goes to show that the thinking in this country over certain issues such as this is still stuck in the dark ages at a time when football fans were viewed as hooligans and, and nothing else and uh, that is certainly not the case and it's uh, I, I think I think it's a real shame I hope it doesn't come to pass um, I hope we can play these games home and away at normal grounds it's going to be closed off they're going to be on the BBC you know on the telly to watch fans are going to be stuck at home with their feet up with the, with the beer in front of the telly and for the first time possibly ever it's going to be cool to be an armchair fan isn't it so um, there's going to be more people doing that than you know the odd couple who might show up looking to just deliberately bend the rules, but it'll certainly be a minority. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I just think it, it just harks back to a, a time when football fans were, were treated as second-class citizens. To be honest, the yeah. point must be made here as well that although these this, uh, these are police plans, this is what police want to happen, but not to say that any final decisions have actually taken place over this yet, and it could all come to pass that it is just venues home venues away venues and that is that which you know as what he said i really hope comes to fruition the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo the point obviously we we were making there was the merseyside derby being taken out of of liverpool and liverpool fans actually being in other parts of the country but connor i'll come back to you on these uh, high risk games then that mark roberts of of south yorkshire police has outlined they are the constabulary giving advice to the premier league and of course they are doing this from what they deem a good position they aren't wanting to risk anybody's health or safety in any way shape or form but there are 12 games then that are being dubbed as high risk we've got the Merseyside derby is is one of those then there's a number of London derbies but then six of the 12 games are Liverpool matches but you can you can sort of flesh that out and explain why this is it's not Liverpool are being targeted is it yeah so the first couple of Liverpool games are deemed as high risk like the derby but um there was kind of like an umbrella notion put forward. It was any game in which Liverpool could win the title would be taken to a neutral venue. There's an obviously a number of different variables how Liverpool might win it. If Arsenal beat City and Liverpool beat Everton, then that's the title clinch. But if City win, Liverpool need two games and it, and it moves forward. So it could come as early as Liverpool's second game if Liverpool get two wins in a row, in which case the rest of the games under that umbrella of where Liverpool could win the title will be brought back to home venues and away venues, I think. 
Yeah, no, certainly. Well, Neil Sheraton's got in touch with us on, on YouTube, basically on the, on the point of people watching outside ground, saying, well, people could obviously be watching on their mobiles outside of the grounds. But that goes back to the whole issue of whether everyone would, would get te- technology to do that. Matt, my issue with all of this, though, is where perhaps is the scientific evidence that this is definitely going to be happening? We know Liverpool have a passionate fan base. We're, of course, here talking about Liverpool Football Club, but to me, it doesn't really stand up that the police are actually basing this on anything other than merely a hunch. No, exactly. I mean, one of the the key words of the last two or three months has been unprecedented, hasn't it? We've never been in this situation before, so there's no way that there is any evidence of, of this happening in the past. We know that that simply isn't the case. But, you know, as the, the other two people on here have sort of suggested, you know, football, sometimes football fans are treated in a different way. We only have to look at, you know, the the fact that you're not allowed to drink al- alcohol, you know, within the view of the pitch. Whereas if you go to a rugby match or you go to a cricket match or things like that, it's completely different. Um, you know, there's so many examples of where football fans, I think, are stereotyped in a certain way. And, you know, quite often these sorts of stereotypes simply are, are not true. So look, the, the reaction, I think, from, from fans and, and from journalists and from everyone from this statement, as you say, from the police is completely understandable. Um, it, it, does, it just doesn't make any logical sense as to why football fans would be any different to any other member of society especially of course in in the aftermath of of what happened last weekend with you know Dominic Cummings and and things like that you know it it does sort of come across as being a little bit hypocritical to to point out certain segments of society when there's no real evidence as you say to suggest that that would be the case so well, it is important to say it's not just Liverpool fans that are being targeted. It is sort of football as a whole. But even that, you know, it's not ideal and it's it's really not a good look, I don't think. I think Matt makes a good point there, sorry, Guy, about, um, about this being generally football fans as a whole because you're going to get people who are just going to assume that this is only Liverpool fans and people are going to use it as point scoring and another stick to try and beat rival fans with. And, and it's I think people sometimes let the... The tribalism cloud that they're otherwise intelligent thought process that this is something that is targeting football fans regardless of who they support. Um, so I think it is just a case of football fans as a whole being told that you just can't be trusted to uh, to stay away. So we're going to have your team playing 250 miles up the road. Um, I just hope it doesn't come to pass. Yeah, Tony has just written in the comment section, it's a it's a stupid stereotype. You you do sort of get that feeling. But Gorsty, on that and on the whole issue before we just move on, one word Matt said unprecedented is, is one word that's been banded about. I've already said new normal. Anybody who's playing COVID-19 buzzword bingo is, is probably having a field day right now. But just another word that we, we've mentioned a few times in terms of the Premier League and everything is integrity. And if Liverpool do end up having to be carted off all around the country for their games, surely as much as we all know Liverpool are going to win the Premier League title, it is going to lose some sort of integrity, is it not? Well, yeah, I mean, Liverpool are essentially being handicapped because of their own excellence. Uh, the fact that they're 25 points clear. If Liverpool were, were six points clear, what would happen then? Um, it's, it is just a... It's um, inconsistent, it's not particularly fair, and it's it's not great for the integrity. I mean, um, it, it is just basically down to the fact that the fool are so far in front that this is even being contemplated. Um, 
yeah, I mean, what, what can you say? Let, let, let's just hope that the Premier League kind of um, stays strong on this. I mean, I, I was told yesterday that there was no, no such discussions about neutral venues yesterday and Liverpool's preferred option would obviously be to continue playing home and away as traditionally they do. So hopefully that will remain to be the case and um, we can have games at Anfield, at Goodison Park, you know, where else have Liverpool got to go? Brighton, um, St James's Park as normal. It will just, the whole integrity issue will just be another stick to try and beat Liverpool fans with though, won't it? You know, before the season started, it was, oh, Liverpool with VAR are going to struggle. And then that idea died because Liverpool were doing insanely well and actually about mid-table for VAR overturns with United, I think, have been the most benefit from VAR overturns this season. Then you had the null and void brigade and this started desperately clinging to the fact that Liverpool wouldn't want or didn't want Liverpool to win the title. But then the consideration that everybody else is also affected, you think how it's affecting Sheffield United, say, or even Man United getting into the Europe. So then it became this whole, oh, it's going to be the title with the asterisks. But then they realised, oh, all 20 clubs have voted for the restart. All 20 clubs have voted for the training. Oh, and then it comes to integrity. And I really hope it just doesn't come to pass, as you said, Gorsi, because it's just, it's just something else that they can use. But everything else so far has been pretty much shot to pieces. Yeah, it has been a, a real domination for Liverpool through the course of the season, no matter what obstacles are thrown in their way, and I'm sure it will continue to be that way. Well, before we go, we'll get into a few of your comments. And a bit of a thing that's developed is people asking what the atmosphere and, and basically how the best way of going about having the games on TV or even within the stadium, the experience for people who will be there. Surin's got in touch and says, like the way the sound system of the German matches has been used to make it sound like a match is going on. Matt, I just wondered what your thoughts were on that of whether it be crowd noises or sound effects, whatever it is, being piped into these games once Premier League football is back underway. Yeah, it's an interesting sort of concept, isn't it, to think about. For me personally, you know, I, I was just glad when I've started to watch the Bundesliga that we've had some football back. We've seen, as Connor said, some real high quality games going on. And, and that for me is is the biggest thing and the most important thing. I think it, it's something to experiment with. And, you know, if, if the wider football community is really sort of bothered by that sort of thing, then of course, bring it in. It, it might be a one for the, the red button. You might have a, an option where you can have it or you can not have it. Something like that could work. Certainly the, the technology is in place for, for that to be the case. But yeah, for, for me, it's just, you know, the, the main thing is that football is back and that, that's the only thing that's, that's important really. I suppose it would be weird, Gorsley. I know we've just spoken about Liverpool perhaps not being able to play at Anfield, but should Liverpool be at Anfield, you never walk alone. I'm, I'm sure it will probably be played out before the game, but obviously there'll be no crowd there to, to take it up. It'd be so weird, wouldn't it? The two teams coming out, you never walk alone, it's being played. You look around and there's, there's no one there. I mean, it's just such a surreal scenario, but these are the, the times we're living in. The fact that it's... It's a possibility. It's just, just baffling, but I'm I'm not too too sure. I mean, I've seen a few Bundesliga games without obviously the crowd there, and um, it does sound like it's a bit of a friendly and a bit of a training game. But the intensity has been there. I mean, the games I've seen have been normal games. I don't think they've been overly impacted by the lack of fans there. Maybe as a as a user experience, it's not as as enjoyable to some. But um, I, I I haven't missed it too much. I mean. I, th- I think I'm sh- how would how would you generate the, the atmosphere? I mean, at, at certain grounds, should, dare I say, at the Etihad per, per se, you know, are they going to 
tune in some Galatasaray noise and that'll be the, the loudest atmosphere that's ever been there. I mean, it's how do you how do you go about policing that? It's such a strange scenario that we're even discussing it. Um, I, I don't mind it as it is. It's obviously not preferable to a full cop, but um, you've you got to get on with it, haven't you? No, certainly. Great, great, great bit there, uh, certainly about Man City. But anyway, uh, Connor, come to you then with this point that Elder Moza 21 says, in Australia, we have cardboard cutout of fans in the stadium seats for the rugby league games. Saw one of those today. It was actually Dominic Cummings. Yeah, I saw that. On one of those, quite funny. <laughs> He's getting <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Not, not just a dog. But yeah. uh, the question is, can this also be implemented then in, in the Premier League as well? What would your thoughts on that be then? Cardboard cutouts of season ticket holders put in put into the seats? Yeah, well, do you know what? They actually had it in the Bundesliga as well. I can't remember who it was. Was it Wolfsburg, maybe? Mm-hmm. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Simmons and Gladbach, yeah. For 19 euros, you could pay for a cardboard cutout of yourself to be put in a seat, which I really like the idea of. And you think that's an amazing way for clubs to generate money, Um makes fans feel like they're a little bit more involved. You can have your seat still. You can still be in the stadium. You know, the odd pan shots the crowd. You might spot yourself. Just a little bit of fun, isn't it? And I don't think there's any harm until a Salah rocket takes your head off in the crowd or something. But <laughs> that would be the only issue. But no, however it comes back is is how it comes back, really. At the end of the day, it's, as Matt said, it's just so important. Football's coming back, and I'm so happy about that as the main fact, really. Yeah, Matt, your thoughts on that? Would you pay £19 or £20, whatever it is, for, for your face on a cardboard cutout? I, I do quite like the idea. It, it is a, a novelty, isn't it? I think, as Connor says, it's a, a good way for, for some clubs, particularly, you know, if, say, the championship came back, it, it might be more important for, for clubs lower down the leagues. But, yeah, I thought, to be honest, it looked really good uh, when I saw it for, for Munch and Gladbach, but they only had it in a very small section of the ground. It wasn't across the whole stadium. So I think if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it for, for every single seat. Otherwise, the effect is is slightly minimised. Well, final question then we'll, we'll put to the guys. Jay's game has asked this, I think, about five or six times. So Jay, patience comes to those who wait. And he says, Gorsi, I'll come to you with this. Anything new on Timo Werner? We nearly got through the whole podcast without mentioning him. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Liverpool have said five points clear at the top of the Premier League. They're about to enter a run of games with no fans as they win their first league title in 30 years. Completely unique situation to every single supporter on planet Earth. And still, transfers continue to dominate neck and neck with the same situation we're in. Um, we did a story on, was it Wednesday? The Old Squires. Did a little digging around, um, and he was told that um, talks uh, haven't actually happened. But uh, it's still a strange one. There is definitely interest there. Um, it's just a case of Liverpool's financial situation. Um, can they afford to buy a player when Leipzig are publicly declaring that they're not going to sell their star man on the cheap? So we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, at the moment on that one. Yeah, it's one of those, Connor, though, that just won't go away, will it, mate? No, absolutely. It's one of the few names that really keep on keep on chirping on. But it's not a secret that Liverpool like Werner. And Werner's a good fit. Same as Havertz, though. Klopp is known to like Havertz. He would be a good fit at Liverpool. And the fact that Liverpool are 25 points clear, the fact that Liverpool are going to win the Premier League while still being Champions League holders makes them the prospect, the club to go for any young, talented player. You know how many of them there are around. So the biggest ones are consistently getting linked to Liverpool. Um, particularly with Vern, you know, he's not made his desire particularly secret when he's coming on saying that, come and get me, please, and whatever else. So, you know, it's always going to happen. But 
just have to wait and see what happens in the summer, really, because from a business perspective at a football club, it's a totally different ball game to actually just football coming back at the moment. Yeah, well, the uh, the joy of us actually doing these podcasts live is actually, Gorsty, you said before we've not had much from the Premier League, actually just got an, a uh, press release here that says the Premier League's ambition is to complete all of our remaining fixtures this season, home and away where possible. We are working with the clubs to ensure risks are assessed and minimised while cooperating with the police at a local and national level. Discussions with the National Police Chiefs Council and UK Football Policing Unit have been positive and are continuing. We are prepared for all outcomes and and have a neutral venue contingency. So that doesn't really feel, Gorsty, I'll come to you, that actually any decision has definitively been made. No, I think Connor made that point, didn't he, earlier on in the part when I was kind of bemoaning that the lack of communication from the Premier League, it was that um, we were waiting on, on something like this. Um, so I'm glad that they've, they've clarified that. Still nothing definitive, I suppose. they just stating that they'd like to finish it um, at home and away venues, which... Um, we were told from a Liverpool perspective yesterday that that was still the case anyway. So it's, um, I suppose, it's, it's a good good news in a way. Um, there's no imminent um, plans to stick Liverpool and Milton Keynes for for the Merseyside derby or whatever it may be. So yeah, I mean, we, I'd, I'd welcome that. The clubs pay big subsidies to police forces, don't they, to have them police their games? So if clubs, say Liverpool, for example, have a real ambition to finish home the way Everton do. You know, a Premier League won it, the clubs won it. The police might have to concede at that point because, you know, obviously they want these these neutral venues for games. But if all three of the major parties are saying, actually, no, we think we should be held in the proper venues, then I don't think they're going to have much of a leg to fight with. No, certainly does seem the case. Well, that rounds things off for us then on Friday's edition of the Blood Red podcast here on the Blood Red channel. Of course, plenty more content to come for you over the course of the weekend. And then on Monday, we will be celebrating, of course, Liverpool's one-year anniversary of making it six in the European Cup with, of course, that 2-0 win over Tottenham Hotspur last year. Until then, though, keep yourself safe and well. Thanks for your time and company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.